Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Shrews Views podcast. It is episode three. My name is Luke Catfield, and I am joined as ever by Lewis Cox. However, we're not in the same room. <laughs> in fact, we're miles and miles apart. I am based. I'm working remotely today, as is Lewis Cox, and we're 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 here by the magic of internet podcasting. Hello, Luke. How are you? This feels very futuristic. It's strange, isn't it? Let, let's not um, embarrass myself to the viewers by uh, describing how long it took me to get the mic to work, but, you know, we're here. Yeah, we did have uh, some minor audio issues before we got going today, um, resolved by the press of the mute button um, <laughs> by someone. Um, it's interesting doing podcasting from home, isn't it, or a remote location? It is a bit, yeah, it's different, it's different, but, you know, we're, we're with the times, aren't we, at the Shropshire Star, you know? We're, um, you got to embrace, embrace the future and... Here we are, you know, big exciting night at Port Vale ahead, you know, in the cold, in the leasings.com trophy, but we're here talking about deadline day excitement. Yeah, certainly, certainly. You haven't got any dogs or children at home? No, no kids that I'm aware of yet. Um, <laughs> that would be a, a nice surprise. Also, no dogs that I'm aware of, but you never know. Um, other half is in the house, so you know, any <laughs> random <laughs> shouts or requests, she's been told to stay quiet, so... Um, yeah. There's going to be a shout of Lewis. Have you done the washing? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, if she wants to bring any, you know, refreshments, food, or, or drinks, I'm I'm open to it. It's a bit difficult to eat while recording pods, but you know, food is food. Um, but yeah, I don't have the pleasure of a an, of an office like Casa del Hatfield. Oh, an, an office is a is a bold statement. To be fair, we were discussing on off air before before we got going where we were recording from. Lewis has opted to record from his bedroom. Yeah, um, I'm in the confines of basically my bed. <laughs> my my, uh, my uh, office, in inverted quotes, um, is is essentially a third bedroom, which I've decided to cow with a desk, my Xbox, a TV, a laptop, <laughs> so, and a printer. Hold on, let's scrap office for games room and uh, your time where you put your laptop whenever work is required. Exactly, yeah. Mainly exactly. games room. Mainly games room. Um Apologies in the delay of episodes, everyone listening, by the way. It's been a very busy uh, time, as you can imagine. Um, but we're back, we're ready to go. Uh, and a busy old day for Lewis Cox yesterday. Well, yeah, I talk about recording this from, you know, my bed. I didn't have enough time in said bed last night because it was it was a manic deadline day, I'm not going to lie. Um, bit frustrated with myself for not working a late shift when, you know, the deadline day... Uh, sorry, the transfer window shut at 5pm mm. and I opted to work a 9-5, which was a bit daft, to say the least. Um, could have let, let yourself in for a 12-8, mate. That would have been perfect. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. But, you know, you never quite predict what was... There could have been signings first thing, for for all we know. But as as mm. it's transpired, they Shrewsbury made their two signings at 4 o'clock and 4.30. You know, why waste three months when you can do it in the last uh, last hour of the window? So, yeah, that's how it went. And obviously, you know, websites and, and newspapers to fill after 4.30. So, yeah, it was a late one. But, you know, deadline days are fun because you sort of get the adrenaline and obviously the stories. And, you know, let's not kid ourselves. It was a massive deadline day for Shrewsbury Town. Really, mm. you know, a lot of excitement to two big strikers coming in, exactly what, what they wanted and fans wanted. So, yeah, exciting times. I don't know about you, Lewis, but I'm not a fan of this new staggered transfer deadline day no I quite like the enjoyment and you know what i'm not a fan of practicality wise it's actually quite good but when a deadline kind of 
comes at 5pm. I want it to be like 11pm, you know, I, I quite like the nights, <laughs> you know, in yeah. the office, getting in the pizza or the Nando's and, you know, this is watching true. all the deals rolling. From a selfish point of view, like 5pm, you know, didn't bother me and, I, you know, I'd rather have worked a 9-5 and got out and got home, but obviously that didn't uh, go to plan. So yeah, it, it may, have well, may as well have been an 11pm uh, closing. But you're right, because obviously, you know, at, at our work we, we cover a number of clubs, as well as Shrewsbury Town in, in all the different divisions and you kind of have a bit of a unity don't you when everyone mm. shuts at the same time you're all going for the same deadline and whatnot but you know <laughs> there was no lack from, from a Shrewsbury Town point of view there was no lack of sort of drama and excitement because I think fans knew and, and you know we knew as we, we reported that that names and bodies were coming in but you know it gets to the last hour last 90 minutes and nothing's happened fans you know, start to wonder what's going on, you know, how many are going to come in, who is it going to be, and yeah, it, it was good, you know, and uh, it, it was good, I briefly met one of the signings in the car park at the training ground yesterday, so that, oh, that, right. was, that, that was great, yeah, I had an impromptu meeting with one Jason Cummings, um, and yeah, just a, a minute or so, but yeah, you know, plenty of time to <laughs> to see what he's like as a character, um, he's a He's a he's an interesting character, a really excitable big character. Obviously, you know he's quite renowned for for being like that, a, a big sort of colourful character. And I hope that you know it'll take well to to being at Shrewsbury and the fans will, will like him. But I'm sure we'll get onto more of him later. Well, I was going to move on to him now because I was going to go kind of well, go let's through the deadline day deals. Yeah, yeah, let's. Yeah. I mean, he was the he was the. I say the big name one, the one who came in on a permanent from Forest. I mean, yeah, what yeah. do we know about him? So, well, I mean, he's 24, which shocked me and shocked uh, a number of other fans, I think, because he seems like a name that's been around the block for a while. You know, he burst onto the scene with Hibs. Obviously, he's, he's a Scotland boy. Uh, I believe he's from Edinburgh, but burst onto the scene with Hibs, scored a lot of goals there. That was in the second tier of, of you know, Scottish football, but that did not sort of detract from what he was doing. He was he was a big name coming through and, you know, a name that people knew um, as a potential star goal scorer of the future. And, mm. you know, a couple of years ago, 2017, got his move south of the border to Nottingham Forest. I mean, that's a massive move for, for anyone, particularly someone coming from second division in Scotland. And, you know, the fee was a reported, you know, close to a million pounds that, that Forest paid, paid Hibs for him. So you know, pressure expectancy comes comes with that, and you know, for one reason or another, and you know, obviously going to have a bit more time to to look into this and speak to people about this. It didn't quite work for him at, at the city ground at, at Forest. He's obviously had a few loans since in the two seasons in between, and ones loans that have worked more than others. But you know, there's still no doubt, and he's still only 24, and there's still no doubting the the ability, the goal scoring ability that we're seeing in flashes of his Rangers loan, of his his time at Forest, and his Peterborough loan. That the ability he's got in front of goal, the general ability he's got, and you know the, the potential that's still there. And you, you know, make no mistake about it, this is a, a high caliber signing for Shrewsbury, um, one that's been a fair outlay. You know, financially, obviously they've got him on a two year deal. You know. A, a transfer fee that, you know, from Shrewsbury Town point of view, wouldn't have been cheap. You know, wages that, that won't have been cheap. This is this is a big signing, and you know, I was speaking to Sam Ricketts yesterday about how big a signing it was, and and the manager says it's a, 
you know, a sign of where the football club are, maybe, and, and where they want to be headed. That, you know, his sort of calibre uh, of player have come in. So, you know, fair enough. And I think it's a big move for him. You know, he's had to come down on a mm. permanent, like you say, from from Forest in the Championship to, you know, League One with Shrewsbury, and and I I imagine he'll be absolutely desperate to to get his head down and you know start playing regularly, which he hasn't done, you know, anywhere consistently in the last two years and and scoring goals. Yeah, and you know, as you said, two-year deal, a fair bit of money spent on him mm-hmm. from Shrewsbury Town's perspective. It says a lot about you know how highly they rate this guy, and you imagine that this is probably going to be the man who you think would lead the line. Yeah, well, yeah, um, I think it's a lot. Of, it's a, it's a. I, I broke it as sort of a, a statement of intent, signing a show of ambition. I think it, that's exactly what it is. You know, when you get in, some like I say, you, you go back a couple of years and you still remember how, you know well regarded his name was when he was coming down to Forest and like I say for that kind of seven figure million nearly million pound fee not wanting to put you know extra pressure on him or whatnot it hasn't quite worked for one reason or another but you know to, you'd fancy him wouldn't you to drop down a level into League One and, and mm. you know to have a consistent home now in, in Shropshire and Shrewsbury and, and just settle and and know that he, you know it's time for him to, to show what he's all about and what he's got and you know running the team yeah you'd fancy you know where the goal is, and and hopefully build up a. You know we know their player front two town, and that's going to lead us on to talking about you know the other new signing from yesterday who we could play alongside. Um, but there's no shortage of centre forwards in at this football club at the moment. I make that you know six, seven if you count the one that's injured and on his way back from injury. So mm. you know we get a serious competition for places, and it's a big squad now. He's um, Ricketts has got the squad packed like he wanted to players in each position you know two players in each position at least um but but Cummings is that you know is a ideal way to finish a window isn't he that that sort of big bigger name you know high profile sort of statement sort of you know we spent a quite a bit of money on this guy you know Scotland international Luke won two mm. Scotland caps in 2017 you know um and like I say this isn't a guy that's you know the wrong side of 30 32 33 winding down He's 24. For heaven's sake, he's younger than me, which yeah. uh, you know, which I've just considered, which is rather depressing. But it's just a sign that he's, um, you know, he's got a lot ahead of him, and you know, hopefully, come in and do the business at Shrewsbury for a season or two, and uh, either help the club push up, you know, where they want to be this season, which is the top end of League One, the, hopefully the playoffs, or get himself a great move out of it and earn the club a lot of money back. Yeah, certainly, you know. As you said, he wasn't the only one coming in either. Um, Mr. Lang on loan. Well, Cummings, I should have said, has taken shirt number 35. And I don't know if there's... I've got a feeling he's worn that in his career. I think he's had that shirt number before. I think there's a bit of a thing there. I think he's chosen it. Because Mm. Mr. Callum Lang, as you rightly uh, stated, has taken the number nine shirt. That that old one that they were waiting to fill. You know, we're thinking, you know, who's this centre forward? Who's this goal scorer going to be that's going to take the number nine? And... For as excited as I have just sort of described the coming signing, I'm I'm just as if not more for for this young lad Lang. I think he's going to be a big player for this football club this season. I think the fans are going to love him. Uh, he's on loan from Wigan, 20 years old, uh, scouser, and everything I've heard and seen about him is very exciting. And I uh, you know reported yesterday that that Shrewsbury beat off a. A lot of League One clubs to land his loan. They really had to to fight to get him through the door. Um, it was one that went on until deadline day because Wigan, 
you know, was saying, oh, we're going to play him in these games, we're going to play him. You know, I didn't decide that he could go until very late in the window. So, yeah, you know, it's it's a really, you, you put them together. I mean, them on their own are really exciting signings. The fact they've came in together, it's very easy to say, oh, you know, they're going to be the strike force, they're going to be the two. Obviously, there are other options in there, but Lang, you know, I think he's got a big future ahead of him. I'm really excited to see him play. Some of the clips I saw yesterday, Sam Ricketts says he, you know, he's so fit, he's ready, his his work rate is ridiculous. Apparently, he covers every sort of blade of grass. Uh, he's got the ability to boot, you know, the skill, and and he's a goal scorer too. So, yeah, really excited by by him. I think he's going to have a lot to show town fans. Do you buy into a shirt number discussion? Because you, uh, you always see like a, a someone take a, the number seven or the number nine or the number eleven. You well, think, oh, this guy's got to be good. The thing is, when they um, when Town put out their shirt numbers sort of just before the first game of the season, you know, they were all filled more or less other than nine. So, mm. like, we've spent the intervening three, four weeks basically asking the manager who's going to be your number nine. You know, you've left the number nine shirt. Obviously, that's what all fans have talked about. You know, oh, number nine's free. That means there's a striker coming in. Of course, yeah, you know, a club aren't going to leave the number nine shirt free all season, are they? That's just sort of common sense, I, I guess. Um mm. So it did actually tell us that someone was coming in, bizarrely. I think, you know, I reported for weeks, didn't I, that, that a striker was coming in. And obviously, you know, it wasn't until later on in the window, until recently, that we, we discovered who, you know, it might be. Obviously, there were sort of rumours floating. But I think, there's, I think I, I personally think there's always a bit more pressure on the number nine. I yeah. don't know what you think, but it's just the... The main centre forward number, isn't it? Obviously, for Jiri, it's a heavy shirt. It's a heavy shirt. Yeah, for Jiri Okunabiri, he's got ten at town, which is also a big number, I think. And and Sean Wally's been number seven, obviously, for for a long while. But like I said, with Cummings, you know, they can have personal meanings, can't they? I think he's taken thirty five because it's a a number he's had before. I have to check on that. I think I read that yesterday because um, I don't fancy he'd come in and ask for thirty five um, as yeah. one of the youth team numbers if he didn't have an affinity with it. So, yeah. Like I said, I, I you know it was a real statement deadline day for Town. You know that we've seen them have a solid start to the season where they've, you know, for the most part, all right, maybe Ipswich aside, they've been a real unit defensively. They've looked very very strong, you know, in midfield. A bit different. We've seen them grow in midfield with the likes of Goss coming in. We we also know that you know with Laurent just back from fitness, you know, Norban's on his way back, one of the be- better players at the club. So there's a lot of strength in midfield and, and more to come and then you know they saved what well, you could say the best and most exciting till last couldn't they in terms of the firepower that fans have been crying out for mm. you know six seven games into this season because they've been blunt up front you know what was it four four goals in their first six league games you know hasn't been enough and it's it's meant they haven't had to show maybe what they deserve from from some of these games you know where they've performed well but you know, the, these two have come in with with pressure to to get the goals. You know, they're not the only ones. They are the other strikers here. Your Faze, you know, your Steve Morrison's, your Daniel Udo's, uh, Wally as well. But you know, there's a lot of emphasis on these two to come in and do the business. And as Rickett said yesterday, they're both you know very hungry for it, both driven, both you know willing to work very hard for it, and and they want to come in and, and play regularly and score regularly. So I think it's great. Yeah, it's a great deadline day move for Town. Uh, really exciting for the fans and hopefully they sort of are able to hit the ground running so yeah mm. yeah yeah fingers crossed they can do Lewis imagine an alternate reality where 
You know, you're a wily winger, just been signed by Sam Ricketts. You're a big name signing for Shrewsbury Town. He says, Lewis, <laughs> any number you want, mate. Won't bother any of the players. Oh. What number do you want? Well, you say winger. I was, <laughs> I was always a midfield scrapper. Oh, well, you, can, you can be a midfield scrapper. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if it, if it was me, I, I I was essentially Romain Vincelot, um with far less ability, obviously. But I I always wore four because um, I always thought that as a defensive midfielder's number. Um, and I always see that as a centre back's number. You know, I don't know why. Yeah, I, yeah, mm. I, yeah. I think five for me. Five and six are more centre half, but. But Dave Edwards is four for town, so far from me to to take the uh, the number of a club legend. Um, <laughs> but yeah, now four. I think for the player I am, four. You know, I think if you're a winger, you gotta be seven, ain't you? Um, yeah, seven or nine. Where do you no, stand? Or, no, nine's a striker. Where, seven, yeah. seven or like a ten. Where do you stand 11? on someone coming in and taking ninety nine? Oh, you can't be doing that. Bit hipster, you can't, isn't you it? can't be doing that. I mean, it's like when you see like. Um, the strikers coming in and taking number two. Like, excuse oh, me. Yeah, it's horrid, isn't it? It's, just, it's, it's absolutely yeah. grim. That is. Yeah. I mean, I, even on my FIFA modes and stuff, I'm always I always go through and I always give like squad numbers around, and I, I try and have it so that my left back is two, then it's centre back three, four, five for the right back, and then it's as as you go forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's no secret. I'm I'm a Liverpool fan, and I had to grow up with with Milan Baros number five, which. You know, upset me every day to be honest. Um, but I'm over it now. And but yeah, yeah, it still shouldn't happen, should it? You know, I think that there were some big Premier League examples. What is it, Asamoah Jan that was number two for centre forward, and there were, yeah. there, there were more. But yeah, get in the bin. As far as I'm concerned, that is that is not good. I don't think there are any poor town numbers. Uh, Aaron Pierre, who's obviously a centre back through and through, has number two. And I think mm-hmm. that's a, a bit weird. I think that's usually a right back number, isn't it? But Right or um, left back for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Cummings is 35. That must be a personal preference. Obviously, Anthony Grant was 45, and that was sort of his choice. Um, I think we've had a we've had one in, in recent years. I can't quite... Stefan Payne at Shrewsbury wore... Now, I'm just going to check this. Um, he either wore 45 before Grant or 50, and, and he did that out of preference. Um mm. So it is quite, it is quite, yeah, Payne wore 45 before Grant, yeah. And I remember him telling me, actually, Luke, you're like this, Stefan Payne, that um, he wore 45 because four and five added up to nine and he was a centre forward. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of people who do that now. I've, I've, I've not honestly, well, perhaps, but I've not heard that one. Um, but yeah, there you go, that, that is Stefan Payne, he's quite the character. Um, I'm, just, I'm just reading up now on the strangest sporting uh, football numbers. While you're doing that, just going back to to, to the signings and, and what a point it is, I saw someone tweet yesterday that, um, you know, the likes of Shrewsbury, they always sort of crave a, a statement signing, you know, a, a number nine that's going to come in and, and score the goals. And a lot of them say, you know, rightly or wrongly, it's before my time covering the club, that really the club haven't had one since they signed Grant Holt. And that was um, that was the 08, I believe, the 08 09 season. Um, he was only there for one year, and he, you know, got a stack load of gold, and, you know, nearly 30 in all competitions, and obviously got his Norwich move, Grant Holt, and you know, the rest is is history for him. But since then, they've said, you know, we haven't had anyone like that. We haven't, and I saw someone say yesterday, you know, Cummings is is like a Holtesque signing, and that's the biggest compliment a town fan can can pay for for a signing like that I think so yeah you know they're just 
they're at different stages of their career. Lang, you know, Lang touched on him. They had very good loans in League Two. Very, very highly rated by Oldham last season. What he did, very highly rated by Wigan. Hopefully, he can come in and show. And just a final word on Cummings uh, before you take us into the weird squad numbers. He, you know, he's got his detractors in terms of, you know, people saying his his head hasn't been right for whatever reason. But you mm. know, this is a massive move and a massive time for him and. The big characters in this town dressing room, you know, your your Edwardses and your Steve Morrisons and, and others that, you know, will and you know, your Norbans that will work to get his head down and in the right place and I briefly met him yesterday and he, he struck me as someone who, you know, he's ready to he's ready to play and sort of leave any you know, he he's got Rickett said to me he's gonna he's gonna be a laugh and he's gonna be a character and players are gonna enjoy him but you know, yeah. when it's t- time to work he's he's ready sort of thing. So a big battle will be keeping him on the straight and narrow on the, on the head down obviously he's had unwanted headlines in the past comings but but you know Ricketts did his due diligence by all accounts and, and was very happy to take him so yeah uh, strange squad number for you go on Hikam Zerouli I think I've pronounced that right who played mm. for Aberdeen oh, sadly right. passed away in 2004 oh. um, wore zero that's weird uh, which was then banned a year later, apparently. Edgar Davids for Barnet. Yes. What number did he wear? Yeah. Uh, oh, what was it? Was it one? Yeah, he took the one from the goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. And said, this is my number for the season. I'm going to start this trend. Let me find... I saw one the other day. So if you've got any more... Galas you... wore 10. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. But I think... Um, I think... Didn't didn't Chelsea have another weird one? Something like Boularoos. Uh Khaled Boularoos for them might have had ten as well, and that was that was just as bad. Chelsea, are, Chelsea are very guilty at this kind of thing. Mm. Um, Bentner walked fifty-two out of choice. Well, that's just weird. But then he was just weird, wasn't he? Um, I there's one. Um, there's a former former town striker uh, name you might have heard of, Luke Jamie Curiton. Uh, oh yeah, football league legend, absolute real football league legend. He he's forty-four centre forward he still plays and he plays for Bishop Stortford in the Isthmian Premier uh, 44 like I say now he has I mean scored goals for days everywhere um, yeah. and I'm just looking at his Wikipedia credit wiki he's one of only 29 footballers in the world to have made over 1000 competitive appearances and I saw a, a tweet the other day where, where for his uh, big milestone Curitan wore the number 1000 so Wow. You know, and his career spanned eight divisions, uh, and seen him score more than three hundred and fifty goals. So, yeah, he's he's still going. That is some effort. Forty, yeah, that's right. Forty-four. Yeah, turned forty-four last month. Commitment. Um, nice. Yeah, and there's a, there's quite a funny sort of interesting fact about him. You know, you know, players with with long careers have a long Wikipedia list of, you know, clubs they've represented. If you look at Jamie Curitans and yeah, you know, there are several clubs there. I'm talking probably twenty easily. He had a loan spell at Shrewsbury Town, one of only two places he never scored a goal. <laughs> <laughs> the other one was right at the start of his career as well, when he was a youngster on his very first loan at Bournemouth. Didn't score in five games, but his return of none in twelve was, uh, yeah, the worst and only barren spell of of Curitan's career. So managed to score goals in everywhere else other than Shropshire. So, it's not easy. It's not an easy job, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, on about centre forwards, I'm sure when you know Jamie Curitan came to, you know, came to Shrewsbury on loan from where was it Norwich, 
you know, he'd scored goals for Norwich, he'd scored a lot of goals for Colchester, he'd already scored a lot of goals for Reading, Bristol Rovers. I'm sure town fans thought at the time, you know, that's a, a hell of a loan signing, but obviously mm. it went uh, went didn't go too well. Um but, you know, let's hope let's hope that between them these strikers get more goals than Jamie Curitan did for town. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> They'll do my... well not to. <laughs> yeah, um, they certainly will. Um, my laptop sounds like it's about to take off. I, I um, thought it was rain, to be honest, mate. I was looking out my window at blue skies, thinking, well, I'm in Warsaw here, you're in Birmingham. Surely the uh, <laughs> surely the weather is not that different. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, you know what it is? There is sun shining through my back window onto my laptop. I think it's trying to cool itself down. <laughs> um, you mentioned him earlier today. Um, one outgoing, of course, on deadline day, Mr. Grant. Yes, yes. Um, so that, well, talk about me having to work, you know, um, work on through the hours. Uh, Anthony Grant, his loan move to League Two Swindon was announced at 7pm. Obviously, you know, concluded and completed before the 5pm d- deadline, but with the, the paperwork and getting everything, you know, the mm. I's dotted and T's crossed and getting an announcement time, it was 7 and, you know, it... <laughs> It, it was an absolutely fine move for all parties, you know. I'm sure from a Shrewsbury point of view and, and maybe from Anthony Grant's point of view, they would have liked to have moved him on permanently, you know, found him a yeah. new permanent home. But, you know, he's he's out of the club now, you know, down in down in Swindon playing for the Robins who are having a bit of a go by the sounds of it in League Two this season. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we've spoke about Grant on, on the pod before and, you know, what went on and how it's been obviously kept secret by the club for whatever reason and he's been you know in and around the youth team having to train there which is no no you know no good for anyone least of all Grant so you know I'm pleased that they're able to do something there uh, you know as I gather there's a, a few League 2 clubs interested in him but you know the move back sort of down that way he's obviously a London lad Grant it's closer to where you know he's from where all his family are so yeah I hope he does well there obviously it's only a loan until January so it will be interested to see you know if he does really well if he has the the start of a season that he did at Shrewsbury last year and you know where he was loved by the town fans and uh, and if the Swindon fans love him like that then you know you'd you'd imagine that Swindon would take him again and the loan would be extended or they'll even you know pay to get him on the permanent but um, yeah good luck to Granty you know he had a a colourful season with town didn't he a real you know the first half of it you know come Christmas time last season you know he was surefire player of the season yeah Um, yeah for sure and he's you know his form didn't it, it tailed off. It didn't fall off a cliff by any means. He still stayed in the team, stayed playing. He's just his influence fell off a little bit, uh, but still, you know, obviously he had his sort of language style, but he still, from my impression, never gave anything than than maximum effort. And you know, you'd still see him thundering into challenges and and trying to lead the way. So, yeah, obviously not what Ricketts wanted behind the scenes, not what what Ricketts wanted in and around his squad this season for for whatever reasons or a number of reasons. But uh, yeah, he's found a, a good club and a good home, and I hope he does well there. And I hope you know he, he's well liked there and does enough to get himself a, a longer move there as well. Mm. Anywhere else you think you would have liked to see Shrewsbury strengthen, or are you happy with their business? Well, I touched on right at the start of this pod, poddy about having um, two players in each position, and and that will come to the the, the fore tonight actually at, at Port Vale. Like, well, I think this podcast will, will go out today. Obviously, some people will listen before the, the trip to Vale um, in the leasing.com trophy. I'm just calling it the EFL trophy now. Yeah, I'm sick same, and tired of all same, these names. Same, uh, You know, 
God rest Checker Trade's soul. Um, <laughs> yeah, the EFL trophy and, and sorry, Ricketts wanted two players in each position. We'll see that tonight because a lot of the the younger players, a lot of the, the fringe squad players, will will play tonight. Um, I think I think so. Obviously, there's a slight caveat at the moment of the international break, which means Town have no, of course, League One game this weekend. That was called off against Posh. Now, three players are away. Aaron Pierre, Omar Beckles, our Grenadian duo, you know, the Spice mm-hmm. Boys, up the Spice Boys, Viva Forever, um, and Ryan Giles is away as well with England under 20, so three internationals away, does of course damage the, the squad they can put out at the moment, and and you know, those three are all defenders, so when Ricketts does, you know, Ricketts plays three at the back and, and his wing-backs, it does make it make them look light when those three are away. And you could say, oh, you know, maybe there's not two defenders for each position. But aside from that, I mean, in midfield and up front, they are seriously stacked. I don't think there's there's room for any more. If you you know, detractors could say, you know, they've almost got one too many maybe midfield mm. options or you know centre forward options. You know, the, there's a bit of talk yesterday that Luke McCormick would have gone back to Chelsea because he might not have seen the game time now. You know, there's so many options and you know fans wondering you know where does this leave Faye you know for Jiri who was struggling for starts this season anyway up front where does it leave Daniel Udo who's finding his feet from from Telford um, it's not quite the same in the defensive positions you know they've got they play three centre-halves and they've got four essentially in the club senior centre-halves that yeah. remain Vince a lot can, can drop back and slot in but they've got four so you know when two are out on international duty it looks a little light at the back but I don't think you could Obviously, they let look, they let Luke Waterfall go, didn't they? Um, yeah, to yeah, Grimsby yeah. not so long ago, and if they had any concerns, they they wouldn't have done that. So, yeah, I think Ricketts is more than happy with the strength and depth. I don't see any more positions they could have added. Uh, I think the squad is is a big one. Uh, the competition for places is massive, and we'll get onto this later because someone's asked it as a question from Twitter. But how do you keep them all happy? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if you can. But yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to that a bit later. But yeah, it's a tough job for the manager. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, let's review some of the games we've missed then. Um, we'll fly through these these first three. Um, Shrewsbury, yep. nil. Rochdale, nil. Accrington, two. Shrewsbury, three. <laughs> Salop, nil. Burton, nil. There's a lot of nil-nils in there. Well, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the the home games there, the two nil-nils, they're, they're rather ignorable and forgetful. I mean, without having looked through my, my notes on them, uh, it would be difficult to... I think... You know, Rochdale, the first team, good, good opposition, good football inside. Um, on another day, could have won it late on. They had a goal chalked off. Town got lucky, realistically. But I think in both the nil-nils, obviously the following week, Town played Burton, Burton at home, and that was less of a spectacle. You know, if 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 some neutrals thought the Rochdale game was um, wasn't the most exciting, then the Burton one was was more <laughs> was mm. was sorry less exciting, but. Yeah, the, you know, it, it. the same things came out of it in that Town were looking solid at the back. They weren't giving up many chances. They were keeping these clean sheets, which is so important. You know, but there was worries regarding the creativity, regarding people putting it in the net. Now, they they were creating chances. You know, some of them weren't clear-cut, weren't glaring, but they were getting into good positions. You know, they're mm. using the wing-backs to cross. Obviously, they've got, they've got midfielders coming back in. You know, they've got Sean Goss who's coming, who would be a massive influence, certainly from set pieces. So it was about adding the final layer, the finishing touch. That's what Ricketts spoke about. He, you know, he's done that now. So it's hard. 
it's hard to to look back and say obviously they were they were missing this they were missing this final touch and that's what they've gone to rectify now so um it's drawing home league games nil nil back to back is difficult in terms of you want to entertain your home fans don't you you want them to to come back having been entertained but i suppose it was about them supporters those supporters seeing enough mm. confidence that you know, Shrewsbury and our solid organised outfit that, yes, at the time we're missing the firepower, but, you know, have got plenty about them to, to not be concerned this season, you know, like in previous seasons about about relegation. So um, hopefully looking far more up League One table than that. Uh, but like I said, the, the, the back-to-back home games were, were much of a muchness where I think a point was fair on both occasions. Mm. You know, nothing more than a couple of chances to each side and both games where yes it could have gone one way it could have gone the other way so neither you know Burton, Rochdale or Shrewsbury could have complained with, with that point and yeah I had a quick sort of snigger as you mentioned that uh, that Accrington away because that one hell of a night that for some what reason feels around. like a long long time ago already somehow yeah I mean a big turnaround that oh I mean in terms of doing this job I, I was saying on the night that those are the kind of games and nights you, you know you you long for and you do it for it was absolute carnage mm. um just a just a great evening and every everything there was right obviously this this Accrington trip sorry was in between the two home nil nils um and you know with town two nil down in lancashire come what 75 minutes and beyond you know there are concerns you know they still haven't scored you know that the, the solid defense has, has conceded twice to to stanley albeit one harsh penalty and one screamer, um, and and you're just thinking, you know, the fans in that that open terrace behind the goal that Town were attacking in the second half are, are thinking, you know, what are we doing here? Where, where's this going? Where, where's anything going to come from here? Hmm. Steve Morrison and, and Sean Worley were were working hard, but nothing was really coming off. Obviously, you know, also at this point, worth worth very much worth mentioning. Town were going on a barren run in front of goal, weren't they? They'd gone yeah. from the the Ryan Giles screamer on the opening day against Portsmouth to get the three points to that point to Accrington, which was four or five games in. Um, something like six was it six hours six more than six competitive hours without a goal. Something like three hundred sixty three hundred and seventy minutes. Now that is a concern, and when you two 0 down at Accrington, that that is a concern. They needed mm. something to drop their way to go for them you know, one to bouncing off someone's backside and that effectively happened. You know, the the first goal back at Stanley, um, great cross from the left. I, I think it was Ryan Giles, but don't quote me on that. Um he crossed from the left and the keepers sort of parried it onto his defender and and it's gone in. And it was just what town needed at the point in the game and in their season really, just to end that drought, you know. Um mm. And then, you know, in, in a moment, Ricketts sends on Okanabiri and Udo. You know, the two, what a story that is. I mean, two childhood friends, you know, that have somehow ended up at Shrewsbury together. You know, one via Telford, which is also unbelievable. And uh, and for them to do the business. I mean, I don't know if you can picture it in your head now, Luke, but Fajiri's equaliser from a corner, the sort of flying back-heeled, volleyed finish. Yeah. It's absolutely <laughs> You know, it's outrageous impudence. Yeah, so such a cute finish that you know I don't think. Yeah, you know, I don't like to use the word fluke, but 
you know, if you tried it a hundred times, how many times is it going to come off sort of thing? Uh, but he, he did it absolute to perfection, timed it, and it was a great finish and sparked, you know, brilliant scenes behind that goal. Really, really good scenes uh, for those fans. So we're getting drenched as well, by the way, no shelter in mm. that away end, and the heavens had opened. And that was with five minutes to go in. And, you know, Shrewsbury were buzzing, aren't they, with a point from, from being 2-0 down. Absolutely delighted at that stage. But no one saw what was to come with, with Udo in the 89th minute. No, you know, this is a guy that's not scored for Shrewsbury yet. Not barely even featured. Well, not featured. You know, he got a got a groin injury after after joining because apparently he'd worked so hard to try and get fit and ready. He'd worked mm. too hard and ran himself into the ground. But here he is coming for his... Um, his league debut with his new club after joining from the, the National North, you know, chases onto the most, you know, the biggest punt you've ever seen from Omar Beckles to clear the lines. And the ball, I, I think Omar will say that was a three ball, mate. Well, it's certainly an assist, isn't it? No matter what you say. And there was this massive bounce, and Accrington, for some reason, at two all had, had really committed this massive bounce. And you saw Udo, you saw us one Stanley defender underneath it, probably in the half halfway centre circle and you saw Udo having the run on him and you thought you've got this you've got a chance and you could hear Rickard mm. shout him like go on like encouraging him like he's got this and fair play to Udo who's a good size he's bundled that defender out of the way kept ahead of him you know pace wise with the ball and tucked in his finish brilliantly I think through the keeper's legs you know and to have that you know all three goals at that end with the supporters that that was an just an outstanding, you know, a bit of a throwback to an early Ricketts game in the FA Cup at Stoke where they did something mm. very similar. Obviously, different op- opposition, but in the context of their season, you know, we thought that was you know, massive, just a massive evening, uh, massive for those two strikers to get get off 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 uh, off target off on target for the season. Obviously, Faye's since picked up an injury, which is a, a big blow to him, but. You know, ironically, Town went to you know went to play Burton at home after that and drew nil nil, didn't they? So it didn't quite spark yeah. the the deluge of goals that we thought it might. And you know, since then they've uh, they've gone to Ipswich, obviously, and, and and been turned over there. But you know, like I said, on the back of yesterday, almost feels like well, it's it is a different Shrewsbury strike force, isn't it? More options now, and that's where they are. But Accrington was a brilliant night, uh, one that Town fans there will remember. It's a good travelling crowd. Um, they will certainly remember it more than the two nil nils. And even though it was a first trip to Ipswich in a very long time, I don't think it'll live too long in the memory, given how uh, how it started at Portman Road. Yeah, three nil, um, and as you said, not the best start. Um, one to forget. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, there's twenty thousand there, and you know 600 town fans is a great effort for them making the first trip there in the league since 89 and uh, you know in all comps since 1990 it was a, it, it was a big game it is a big game for clubs this season in league 1 to go there this is Ipswich's first season in the third division since 1957 and obviously there's such sort of history there at, at that ground you know FA Cup UEFA Cup winners Alf Ramsey you know Sir Bobby Bobby um, Robson sorry um, great, you know, great, great character and great history. And mm. know, I think Sam Rickett said to me beforehand, you know, let's. You know, Shrewsbury never won at Ipswich, you know, not for the lack of trying. We had a fair few games there in the sort of fifties, sixties, you know, into the eighties. Had played a lot of games there, a lot of, um, you know, some good FA Cup 
times against Ipswich at Gay Meadow at home in the in the eighties. But you know they were looking for that first Portman Road win, looking to looking to go there. And you know this Ipswich crowd and and, and you know club as a whole, they expect they expect to turn Shrewsbury over at home. So if Town could go there and frustrate them for twenty minutes, you know get their fans on their back. Uh, that that was their game plan. That was what they wanted to do. But you know, as you say, within within two minutes, Town had conceded. Very naive, very sloppy, very unlike what they've been defensively this season. And then you know, within ten minutes, they were two down from a penalty that wasn't a penalty. We'll get onto onto that. I'm sure referee Trevor Kettle not doing his his reputation in Shropshire any further favours. Um, and then you know, before half time, they're a man down. Where he lose someone so influential as Sean Worley, so I um, someone said after after the game everything that could go wrong there did go wrong and uh, and yeah but but I will say it was pretty even on the balance of play. You might have seen the stats. Mm. Shrewsbury had more shots and more shots on target than Ipswich, which was remarkable. More corners, and you did see that that was reflected. There were some encouraging signs. Certainly attacking, they didn't put them away. The Ipswich keeper made decent, decent saves, but it's got to be said they created more chances on goal there at Ipswich, you know the leaders, the unbeaten leaders, than they did in those home stalemates against Rochdale and Burton. So you could take it as progressive, encouraging signs going forward. You know before these new strikers have come in, uh, but you know it's hard to take many encouragement or you know much encouragement or, or many positives from a three 0 defeat. You know, but. What? Yeah, hopefully the next trip to uh, Portman Road doesn't take 30 years and hopefully it's uh, slightly better from a Shrewsbury perspective. Yeah, fingers crossed. And as you said, um, some debatable refereeing again. Yeah, Trevor Kettle, oh, yeah. He's, he's not well-loved in Shropshire, you're right. He's not well-loved in Warsaw either. He's not well-loved, to be honest, yet to meet someone who really rates Trevor Kettle oh, well, as a referee. He's, yeah, he's, you know, long, obviously long-serving official that's you know rather renowned for, you know, interesting decisions and over the years he's I, I think I'm safe to say you know are more enemies than than friends in the football league probably and you know Shrewsbury fans are he's not on their Christmas card list put it like that and yeah and after this one um I mean yeah to say Sam Ricketts was was furious was was an understatement and actually Shrewsbury had six yellow cards in that game uh, and it might have been seven when you include goalkeeper coach Brian Jensen uh, being <laughs> being booked in the dugout. Yeah, it was that it was that kind of game. Wally obviously had two two himself, but and and Ricketts made the comment twice after the game that it took until the 88th minute for the home side to pick up a booking, and Shrewsbury weren't being overly physical, you know. So I think was that Ricketts sort of suggesting, without me putting words in his mouth, that that he was favouring the the big hosts you know the big home crowd maybe but yeah you know, you're less likely to get um, of course be, be from the sidelines yeah you know influenced of course um, although he's an experienced official he shouldn't be like that you know maybe that's how how the manager saw it he certainly could make a case for that but with the penalty that you know the, the, there's no excuse in that opening goal from from Caden Jackson you know it's a bad pass from Aaron Pierre put Dave Edwards right in trouble with two two midfielders on him Robbed the ball five seconds later, you know Norwood into Jackson goal, uh, but but that penalty on ten minutes, you know Josh Laurent bringing down uh, Kane Vincent Young, a good two three yards outside the box, 
yeah. as as images and, and videos show. And you know, I don't want to defend town too much at Ipswich, but you know, it could have been a different different day, different outcome, couldn't it? If if that penalty's not given and it stays at one nil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, fair to say. And 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 the war, you know, Sean Worley, his first red card for Shrewsbury. He's not a player that that gets, you know, gets gets this. Yeah, yes, he's recently and in his town days been been done a few times for simulation. He does at times go over easily. It's the type of player he is. Wins a lot of fouls, but this one was, you know, yellow card in five minutes for standing in the way of a quick free kick. Players do that, don't they? You 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 see a lot of football. All you the time. yeah, players stand in front of it and. Sometimes ref give it. Sometimes they give him a telling off and say, "Don't do that again." The it's a consistency thing yeah. for me. Yeah, of you've course. Got to, if you're gonna book someone for doing that, you've got to book everyone for doing it. Yeah. Um, unless it's something where you know, if a player keeps doing it and you've had a word with him, you've had a word with him, and you said, "Right, that's it. This is the third time you've done, you've done that. I'm giving you a booking." Exactly. Yeah. And it just doesn't make sense to me. But five minutes in, you know, the ref sort of put out how he was gonna. You know, set his stall out for the for the game really, and booked booked Wally. And you know, you were concerned when he got booked five minutes in. How was this going to play out? And and his actual second yellow, which was about seven minutes before half time, he was on a break. You know, Dave Edwards had fed him, and he had a bit of a break on with with Town had some numbers up, but it was sort of a he he dribbled the wrong way, sort of ended up headed towards the corner flag, and he was seen off well by a defender in the end. And yeah, th- this was in the far corner to me. I, I couldn't see it. I didn't get a good view of it at all. And Obviously, the defender's gone down under under a Warley challenge, and you know Warley Ricketts, Donald Love, we spoke to, all said that there was no contact. You know, it was mm. right in front of the assistant. Obviously, there was a massive Ipswich fan reaction. The player's gone down. Only Warley will know if there was contact, but the assistant's given it, and you know it's a second yellow. And if if the game wasn't over at two nil for Shrewsbury, um, going into half time, I think you know with ten men, two nil down, it was it was probably over, but. Like I say, they, you know, they had the chances in the second half at two nil. Could have easily been two one, and then it gets a bit uh, gets a bit jittery, doesn't it? But you know, while Town were committed late on, obviously Ipswich got a third, and mm. just more for Shrewsbury to work on in front of goal. But like I keep saying, the two two new boys in now, and hopefully they can be the difference. It's a questionable referee in this weekend, Kevin Friend as well. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, you can bring your bring your, bring your villa lot into it, Luke. You had uh, that was. I'm not going. I'm not calm. I just, it's just so frustrating. Yeah. So frustrating. That was, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it was a bad day for VAR all round, wasn't it? But that wasn't well, that, what, that wasn't, it wasn't a VAR, a VAR thing. No, it's I just agree. A, it's just. It was just terrible refereeing. This was obviously on the on the Grealish dive late at, at Palace for Villa, and yeah. I don't know how he's booked him for diving. No, he, he gets he gets clattered by Cahill. Um, he doesn't look for he doesn't appeal for it, and and Zaha beforehand gives him a proper nudge. It's, oh, yeah, he's gone way too soon. He's gone way too soon because Grealish got the pass out, not even looking for a pen, gets up. Um, yeah, it's just... But the it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I was going to say the problem with VAR is. Not a problem, but VAR, in my opinion, this could be totally wrong, should be able to look at that and say, no goal, ref's got it wrong. But the problem is the ref's blown and Palace could claim they stopped, couldn't they? That's that's the thing. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think Palace players would have moaned too much about it because 
he blew his whistle as Lansbury kicks the yeah, ball. Yeah, exactly. There's the... So it's like, you're not going to react quick no. enough to stop. No. Um, but that's the leg that Palace would stand on. And, and there was, yeah, you know, yeah. that obviously it's, I guess it's, I'm not sure on this, but I'm, I'm sure it's in the rules that... I understand that though. I've got no question with that. The the, the issue was was just the bad refereeing. Yeah. Should we go into questions? We've got a couple. Yeah, go on. First one, um, Tom Griff. How are we affording this? He says, I was updating football manager last night and Cummings was on seventeen grand a week <laughs> before I negotiated it down. Yeah, well as I as I replied on online, that's not what uh not n- anywhere near actually what I understand. Cummings do not was, take do not take wages from football manager. No, and I'm you won't get a bigger advocate of football manager than me. But no, don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's not. But but you know we're right in saying that Cummings is still on a was still on from a Shrewsbury perspective a fair whack at Forest, and you know that would have had to have been negotiated down. Obviously, like players before him, like your, your Dave Edwards and your your Steve Morrison's who have come in and, and obviously from from Reading and Millwall and now Forest had to take pay cuts, but. You know, you could put it in the bracket of good dealing um, from a Shrewsbury perspective, ambition shown by the chairman and and the chief exec and everyone at the club. Um, I think this is, from my point of view, you know, them backing Sam Ricketts' building here. He's built his defence, he's built his midfield and to top off his squad, his squad now entirely, it's his second window complete. Um top it off with, with the forwards and, and, and they're always the most expensive aren't they the centre forwards and when you're getting one of a calibre of, of a Cummings it's not going to be mm. cheap at all and you know it's cost the club it's, it's, it's been costly and you know they've just got to the man, from the manager's point of view the player's point of view they've, they've got to deliver on that because uh, it's an investment um, one thing just going off on a slight tangent I meant to touch on earlier and one interesting thing that, that Rickett said to me yesterday when we had sort of the unveiling for these signings, he's brought together a, a squad that contains uh, seven or eight now names that mm. belong to the club, that are young, valuable assets. You know, you go through the squad, Rochon Williams, Ebanks Landau, Pierre, uh, Norban, Laurent, Cummings. You know, there are more. I've probably forgot. Sean Goss. All belong... You know, they're not loans. These are... Shrewsbury players on decent contracts that, you know, belong to the club and, and, and a good value for, for either moving town on up the league or, you know, being good resale value when whenever that comes. So that that's what, you know, they're looking at obviously good age brackets for most of them. Bringing them in, they belong to the club, they're they're a good age, they've got potential to go on. Um and, you know, they're gonna be at the club realistically until at least next summer and and another massive thing point of Ricketts that's definitely worth mentioning the turnover's been massive you know under Mm. him in terms of staff player wise it's been ridiculous it's been far too big but it had to happen for him to get his print on everything now he's saying his his stamp on everything his his way his style now he's saying he doesn't want a turnover you know when it comes to January but more so next summer you know, this there's been 13 signings this summer now, 13 in and a, a lot out. You know, double figures out, and that's before you count staff. Um, he doesn't want this every summer. This it can't happen every summer f- for a club to be successful. So while these players are now in on contracts, it helps the stability. Yes, there'll always be loans and the odd player go, but I, you know, should Sam Ricketts, you know, as we all expect, still be here in charge come next summer, still looking to build the the window, you know, 
drama, excitement in terms of incomings next summer won't be anything like 13 because you build um, a stability uh, squad that's you know hopefully going to stick together for a bit and you just add to it rather than a massive turnover and transition. So mm. yeah, that, that, that's that's a massive thing. I think just going off on the, the, the tangent from Tom's question, um, it doesn't always have to be this expensive because you you put investment into to build the basis that your squad's going to be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Anthony Price, how does Ricketts keep everyone in the squad happy as it seems to be unbalanced in some positions? That's a, that's a question you, you kind of touched on earlier. Yeah, well, good luck to the manager kind of thing. Um, good luck to the manager. It makes you think you might want to stay in the EFL trophy. Yeah, good point. Yeah, really good point. And I think, obviously, that, that starts tonight at Vale. And, yeah, while some youngsters will play, while I expect to see James Rowland, while I expect to see Ryan Barnett, you know, I think we will see. You know, we will see the likes of Udo play. We will see the likes of Louis Thompson, another exciting midfielder on loan from Norwich. He needs to build up his fitness play. I think the ones on the way back from injury, like your Lorentz, will play. Um, but you're right, going down the line in this competition, you know, they're already out of the Carabao Cup. They've essentially got this competition along with the FA Cup. And when the FA Cup comes around, you you play your best team really. Aside from mm. maybe a first round draw at a a non-league team for example but in this competition it can I, I think and fans a number of fans don't like this competition at all and you could make a case that it did play a part in town getting knackered that season a couple of years ago when they went to Wembley twice um, I think when you've got a squad size that Ricketts has managed where certainly up front and in midfield there's almost more than two players in every position you can get away with this competition uh, with going deep into it and being successful in, in it because as long as the players you're bringing in uh, and, and sort of rotating are good enough which they've got here they've got you know good options the, the players they're bringing in to, you know as backup for example they aren't just you know like oh we're throwing this game kind of thing mm-hmm. um, then you've got a chance of running deep into the competition resting rotating and Perhaps yeah, it's a good point, and I got I got my preview piece going going online on our on our website and in today's paper. You know there will be changes and the players expect minutes, but perhaps it's a big competition for Town this year. Looking at it like that, in that it's a big, perhaps the only one where he can he can guarantee certain players game time. But on the flip side, when you look at the league action, you know players have got to perform, and if they don't, they'll be out. You know because there's mm. there's backup. You can't get away with a, a bad performance because then someone else has to come in. And if the manager has to keep doing that till he finds the players that, uh, you know, he keeps breaking up partnerships, for example, up front, but but players aren't doing it, I'm sure he will change it. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Can he keep them all happy? That's, that's, you hope he can, and, and success might ride on that, you know. You need everyone pulling in the right direction behind the scenes at the training ground. I hear from, from players... Uh, players that have been here going back that uh, it's it's a good a good vibe and a good sort of character around the dressing room it's a good very much improved um, atmosphere so touch wood that's a good sign and hopefully you know having a massive squad doesn't impact on that and, and bring that sort of morale down and hopefully they all get enough minutes to remain content but it's a tough job tough job to keep them all happy it is indeed uh, I've got a little bit of a segment to uh 
kind of finish up. Cool. I'm going to get. Cool. A, I'm going to get a prediction from tonight's game, but we've, we, you know, as it is, it, yeah, okay, kind of discussed it at length already. But the, the segment is called. It's only September, but it's only September, but. So I'm going to give you an out. Well, not so much an outlandish statement. I'll give you a statement. I like it, Luke. I like it. Following, it's only September, but I like the sound. You, of it. you, you can kind of. Uh, it give sa- me your it sounds like it. the kind of segment that will, should certain people hear it, get me in trouble. But I'm all. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that is clearly why you've designed it, and I'm I'm all for this. So um, okay. Yeah, I, I it's reminded me that, that I'm pretty sure the last pod was um, how long is that injury list? And said injury list is still in existence with. Fajiri, poor old Fajiri added to it now. So, um, yeah, but let's go. Let's give it a go, shall we? Okay, it's only September, but we will cover Granada on location this year. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, as I've said on Twitter a couple of times, we are all the Spice Boys right now. Um, yeah. Will we go and report on Granada this season? No one will be pushing for it more than me. Um, I've got. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, some of my colleagues have been out to China and some have been all over the globe. Uh, but I'm I'm just not sure that Pierre and Beckles' involvement with the Spice Boys will warrant the expense. But perhaps me and you can can put a, put a claim in Luke. You know, say why it's so important <laughs> for us to be at the Concacaf, you know, Nations League. You know, just to see Pierre score a towering header with the captain's armband on and. And uh, the, the funniest thing would be would, would be turning up there and, and Omar Beckles seeing me there and thinking, for God's sake, I can't get away from him. <laughs> um, no, nah, but I'm delighted for Beckles. On a side note, you know, he really deserves this and he's, he's a great, great guy and great character. Um, do I see us in Granada? I'm going to go all out and say yes. <laughs> I don't Good, know about like you, that. Luke. I like that commitment. I... I can't see um, our editor looking fondly on our expense sheet when we uh, when we submit that one. <laughs> but I'm all for it if we can get sponsorship, mate. Oh, yes. Um, it's only September, but we will see another goal better than Giles's against Pompey. Scored by Shrews? Yeah. Uh, oh, good question. Um, do you know what? I doubt it, to be honest. It's pretty special. I, re- goal, I really doubt it, especially when you factor in his league debut against you know the the a massive side full house pretty much um yeah it was an unbelievable strike i don't think you can take away from how good that goal was and actually how good giles has been so far couple of off days but you've got to expect that at 19 he's been very good very exciting outlet uh, what a goal that was absolutely ridiculous goal 30 yards not bad oh yeah so, so no for that no, one. Going, no, no for that one Fair enough. It's only September, but Shrewsbury Town will finish comfortably in mid-table. Okay. Um, is that is that? Do you mean? Do I think they'll finish mid-table, or or could they finish higher? So, however you want to take it, mate. <laughs> I don't want to read too much into it. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's only yeah. I think um, I think they've certainly got. You know, you could argue on paper they've got a playoff squad there. And they just have to find the right formula and keep everything right. And, and a lot could be achieved. And I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. That is certainly what is there on paper. So, in my opinion, yes, there's comfortably enough to finish mid-table. And far more you know, than enough to, to not be worried about you know, being in the lower reaches. And that's that's what they're looking for. That's what they've spent for. That's what they're aiming for. They want to be, be further up the table, at least at mid-table. All right, so I'll follow up. It's only September, but... 
Shrewsbury Town will finish in the playoff spots this season. Oh, um, can I say maybe? You can say maybe. I'll let, I'll let you sit on the God, fence for a little bit. That is the worst sit on the fence answer I've ever seen. When it gets to um, January, though, when I do this segment again in January, I say it's January, but yeah. that's when you've got, They've to, got, a chance. You've got to commit then. They've got, got the, commit the, then. The, the, this squad, and, and Ricketts has said a few times, there are 10 or 11 teams in this league this season that have spent well beyond what, what Shrewsbury have spent. Um, really gone for it. So, theoretically, if you go and buy budgets that's 10 or 11 teams that should finish above them but it doesn't work mm. like that and you know if these players click the defence stays solid the goals start coming through Cummings hopefully <laughs> um, yeah. yeah maybe they can they've got a chance an outside shot alright okay that, that, that passes on next, nicely to our next one Cummings and Lang will combine for 25 goals this season all comps all comps go on uh, oh, twenty. Uh, twenty goals, you reckon? Yeah. So that's 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 not me trying to uh, trying to mess around with your question. That's just my opinion. Yeah, twenty five is a, a stretch. Having said that, that's only one game, thirteen, one game, twelve, isn't it? That's yeah. Good basic maths there from me. Um, I mean, you must have done well in school, man. <laughs> what, what set were you in for maths? Come on. I scraped to see. Um, yeah, yeah, twenty. That and and that's not a bad return. And and hopefully, you know, Fajiri gets up similar as well. And you know, the strikers score enough between them. All right, last one. It's only September, but Shrewsbury Town will make it to the latter stages of the EFL Trophy this season. Oh, the one all the fans want. Yeah. Um. Yes, I think they will. What do you define as latter stages? S- it's a strange competition, isn't it? Obviously, three group games, which which go to penalties after ninety minutes, and if you win the shootout, you get two points, don't yeah. you? That is the worst thing, one of the worst things in English football I've ever heard, in my opinion. Um, not to go extreme, uh, it's debatable. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's debatable. What's wrong with one point for a draw? Never mind. Um, yeah, so it goes from the three group stages to a knockout round, which is what Town got to last year when they lost at Port Vale, ironically. Um, and then I believe it goes from the first knockout round to the perhaps one more round before the quarters. Um, so the latter stages, I would say the quarters. Okay, I'll um, that. And I think, yeah, they can reach the quarters for the reasons I gave five, ten minutes ago um, when I said that, you know, two players every position, strength in depth and these guys need to play and need to play well to get in the team so yeah alright how do you reckon they get on tonight give me a prediction 1-1 uh, Vale on pens oh you're ever the <laughs> uh, optimist aren't you <laughs> no, I, I put home win in the paper begrudgingly but um, oh, right, okay. yeah tight one you know and home win on pens so it doesn't really count for Vale does it but they can have the two points Oh, and right, also, okay. and just we haven't we haven't said his name, Luke, but uh, seeing Mr. John Askey tonight. Oh yeah, looking forward to that. Um. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Can't. Uh, indifferent, really. Just hopefully get to shake his hands and say hello. Be fine, you know. Wish him well. Seems to be doing okay at Vale. I think they they like him there, fans and players. So you know, good luck to him. And. 
yeah, I hope that Shrewsbury win tonight. But yeah, it'd be good to see John Askey. Good luck to him and good luck to <laughs> Shrewsbury, eh? Absolutely. Well, that just about does it for us then, Lewis, unless you've got anything else to add. No, I think, I'm just trying to think, obviously, with the, the Peterborough game off this weekend. Um, I'm thrilled about that, by the way. Now I get to go to Colchester on uh, Saturday. Yeah, you were due to come to the Meadow, weren't you? I can't believe it, mate. Um, so the Towns' Towns' next game is, is at AFC Wimbledon um, the following Saturday, the 14th of September. So our pod, our next podcast will be just after that one, won't it, where we can obviously digest uh, hopeful debuts for, for Cummings and Lang, which will be which will be great to you know see how they've got on and, and hopefully a, a scoring and winning start for those. Yeah, fingers crossed. Right, um, yeah, as I said, that about does it for us. One hour, four minutes and 11 seconds so far of Shrewsbury views for you to digest. Of course, if you enjoyed this podcast and like, subscribe it, um, drop us a comment, drop us a tweet. Um, but until next time, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Mr. Lewis Cox. And we've had no distractions. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>